Hey y'all, DJ Louie here, just dropping a little preview of our latest Pop Pantheon All Access episode. This is, of course, our Patreon channel, where we're giving you at least three bonus episodes of the show per month, so how could you miss that? This week, we're diving into Taylor Swift's Speak Now. Not just the re-recording, but we're talking about the whole record, what it was like when it came out at the time, what's happening on it, what are the themes, what are the aesthetics, how did it aid in Taylor's evolution as an artist, and of course, then at the end, we talk about the re-recording, how successful it's been, in what the From the Vault tracks are adding to the project and all the rest of it. And lucky for me, every single album, podcast, Nora Princiati is back on the show to do all of that with me. She was my guest or one of my guests on last week's Taylor Swift re-recording Omnibus episode. So... I'm dropping a preview of that here. If you like what you hear, you can go to patreon.com slash poppantheon and sign up at the icon tier to hear the rest of the episode, plus all of our bonus content, access to our Discord channel, and so much more. So here's a little snippet of the Speak Now Patreon episode. Okay, so I'm here once again with the host of the Every Single Album podcast, Nora Princiati. Nora, welcome back so soon again to the show. Thank you, Louie. It's, it's wonderful to be welcomed back. I'm so excited about this. It's wonderful to welcome you back because I really had so much fun on our last episode. It was I really a too. blast. I felt like I felt like that could have gone on for like 17 hours of us just dissecting every single moment on both of those records. I really did as well. It's probably for the best that we didn't, but I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. Something magical might have happened in hour 16, and I do believe that we could have gotten there. A revelation that not even the most ardent Swifty has yet picked up on in these albums and re-recordings, I would think. But, uh... We get to pick the conversation up a little bit here because, as we alluded to in the setup to our last episode, the third of Taylor Swift's re-recordings of her first six albums, which I said wrong numerous times during the episode as her first seven albums, so correction issued right here, dropped last Friday. It's Speak Now. It's her third album. It's the album that comes between the other two re-recordings that we've gotten so far, 2008's Fearless and 2012's Red. This record came out in 2010. And I'm wondering what you think of this theory I was working on today during my run as I was listening to the re-record for the sixth or seventh time since it came out on Friday. And listen, never unhappy about revisiting Speak Now. I love Speak Now. It's a real favorite Taylor project of mine. But I always kind of find myself like vacillating between thinking it's like one of her best collections of songs that she's ever made and thinking of it as kind of like a transitional album for Taylor in some ways, sort of like a halfway point between what she was doing on Fearless, sort of the simplistic kind of little girl's perspective, country music, adjacent sound, and then the sort of like incredibly expansive polyglot genre omnivore status of red. It sort of like sits in between those two things to me. I guess that isn't necessarily mutually exclusive, but I'm curious like how that resonates with you and like how you think of Speak Now in the context of Taylor's story and discography. Well, okay. That's a super interesting place to start because I do think that it can kind of be multiple things. To me, the two things that it is, and maybe this resonates with what you were just explaining, is that there's sort of one version of Speak Now and, and the way that I have mostly heard Speak Now throughout my life and originally heard it, which is this incredibly potent manifesto from a girl on the verge of womanhood 
pouring herself into these songs. This is famously the Mm. album that Taylor did all of the writing herself for. It is the album that to me meant the most at the exact time that it was released. I was in high school. I still had a Blackberry, so I would listen to it on my iPod Touch and go Mm. on these like long angsty runs off of my high school Mm. campus and just feel things to Haunted. And it is her album in a way that maybe none of the rest of them are quite so thoroughly. And in that, there's something really special. And in that way, it is one of her best albums to me. Just the potency and the wit and how sharp the quill is on Mean, on Dear John, some of the growing up that's happening on on Back to December. So that's what it is to me, is this really special sort of collection of musical feelings coming from that specific place and time. I do think there's another undercurrent to it, which... And I want to be super clear that I think some of her best songs of all time are on that album. She is reaching my co-host on every single album. Nathan Hubbard always says this. She had sort of reached the edge of the forest of what she could do in the first mode that she worked in, which debut is a little bit its own thing, but that's the country origins. And that's sort of the pure singer songwriteriness the guitar, the simple instrumentation that evolved into the work that she did originally, mostly with Nathan Chapman, that fed through Fearless and into Speak Now. But when she wrote this album, she was on the verge of being ready to call up Max Martin and make Red mm-hmm. and start to really plant the seeds of, of morphing into a pop star. So there is right. something to this where she's kind of reaching for more. And she's, I don't think stagnating is is it at all, but there is something where she's sort of contained in this mode that she hasn't yet broken out of. So I think those are the two threads that yeah. kind of define where Speak Now came out. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're sort of getting at the same idea here. It's, it's a really interesting dichotomy because I completely agree with you that like, I'd say maybe like a solid like seven of my favorite Taylor Swift songs are on this album. Like this is, it contains just like a lot of bangers and a lot of like classics of like the first mode of what I think of as Taylor and like the best iterations of those. With love, I don't trust anyone who doesn't love speak now. Like that's that's the red flag. But here's what's interesting about my personal journey with this album is I loved Fearless. That was my entry point to Taylor. Like I discovered Fearless as it was happening. And that was my moment of being like, oh shit, like this girl's incredible. I'm a huge fan. And I was obsessed with Fearless. And I remember when Speak Now came out, not feeling disappointed in it, but being less immediately taken with it as I was with Fearless, which is funny looking back because I think now I might actually prefer Speak Now to Fearless. But I remember just thinking of it as a little bit not enough of a step forward. Like I remember kind of feeling like when I heard mine and I heard Sparks Fly for the first time, I was like, okay, Sparks Fly in particular just feels like yet another iteration of Love Story and You Belong With Me in some ways to me, like these kind of like 120 BPM pop rock with a fiddle, (laughs) like country adjacent songs that are sang from this very wide eyed and, you know, not to overuse a word that we're going to return to here, but like enchanted sort of perspective, (laughs) you know, fairy tale adjacent cliche ridden, but in, in the great way that Taylor can weaponize a cliche. Everything now, me. 
and it wasn't like I didn't love the songs and like now I look back on them and you know they have some of her greatest little turns of phrase ever like you know, obviously you made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter is like top 10 best Taylor lyrics ever I just remember feeling like I was ready for something a little bit more. And I kind of remember feeling like I wasn't sure where this was like taking the project that was like beyond fearless. But now I don't really see it that way because I think I see it more through the lens of the first thing you were saying, which is like, it's kind of like both the like best expression of the early part of Taylor's artistry. Like I think she had taken a lot of the things that she had done before and like we get some of the best versions of those songs ever and it's fun now in a way that I kind of didn't totally clock at the time to see the sort of genre experimentation begin to sort of take shape here because you obviously have like the sort of like pop punk thing that starts to get touched on in like better than revenge and the story of us And you've got kind of like the evanescency, kind of like moody, emo-y like thing that happens on it's like a, very a haunted emo album. Yes, right. So it's got the seeds of that. It's just that like when you look at those kind of experiments, it's so much more obvious that she let that fly or let that rip or let let herself out of her box so totally on red in a way that like it feels more like toe dipping on this record to me in some ways. Well, and and the songs that really do that on red. The Max Martin songs, the the more poppy songs, came last and were her idea and her impulse to say, you know what, this isn't done. We need to burst out of this box a little bit. She just wasn't there at this point and was really committed to proving herself as a songwriter right that's the manifesto of of speak now and i do i agree with you it's in some ways easier to appreciate that when you know how far away she eventually did go which you can't do in the moment and it's subtler it's it's a little subtler than fearless because there's just you know nothing is as big as love story and sometimes you want that sometimes you don't but there's nothing like that on this can you talk a little bit about why she felt compelled to write this album completely by herself because one thing we know about Taylor is no one's more aware and responsive to broader cultural narratives about Taylor Swift than Taylor herself and I believe that that was responsive to something so can you talk about what compelled her to write this record by herself yeah so she was really attuned to the perception that she was getting a lot of help as a That was just a preview. If you enjoyed what you heard in that snippet and you want to hear the rest of the episode, you can go to patreon.com slash poppantheon to hear the rest of the episode plus all of our bonus content and access to our Discord and so much more. Or you can click the link in the show notes of this episode.